felt a shift this week as you went into your week? How many felt that the word of God just shook you loose from where you were and started pushing you in a direction of life? Yeah? It's really cool when, when we know. See, I was thinking about why God had me speak to you about receiving the word of God, how to receive the word of God. Now, if you don't know how to receive something properly, the chances of you losing it is very likely, right? If you don't know how to receive something properly. I, in a woman, when she is getting impregnated, if the seed of the man is not impregnated into the ovary of the woman properly, if her ovary cannot receive it, then there's oftentimes the danger of miscarriage. Yeah? Or it's implanted wrongly, and then they call it a blighted egg, and that egg never really develops, and so that child really never comes forth fully, and so there's a miscarriage. So a lot of times we miscarry the things of God because we don't know how to receive it properly into our spirit. If you don't know how to receive love, somebody can, I, I counsel a lot of couples, and sometimes I'll have a, a man say to his wife, I love you. And she says, you don't love me. And he's sitting there, and I'm, I'm the third party watching it, and he'll say, I love you. And she goes, you don't love me. Now, if you don't know how to receive love, even when it comes to you, you're incapable of, first of all, identifying that it's love coming to you, and second of all, how to receive it in a way that you can incubate it and that it can become truth in you and it can comfort you. So, so that's why I was saying, God, why is it important that the Church of Jesus Christ understands why it is important for us to receive the word? The biggest thing that I see in people is that they don't know who they are. If you don't know who you are, you won't stand for something. You'll fall for everything. Every lie that comes your way, you're going to be impacted by it. You're full of shame. You're full of guilt. You you're a failure. You're not good enough. All of those lies that come against you, you're going to receive because you don't know who you are. The, 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 the plan of the enemy is to stop you from getting the word of God so that your destiny and your purpose can be so impacted that you live a frustrated, limited life, suffocated by the cares of the world and always wondering, what if? What if? What if I can just cross over and discover a new way to live, right? So I want you to, to be aware why it is important for you to receive the word of God. And I want you to get militant in your spirit. Last week I was laughing and I was telling you like, okay, lock and load, you guys. A couple of my girlfriends says, you know, Abby, we should probably walk down the aisles and hand everybody seat belts. And we're going to tell them, buckle in, it's going to be okay. The takeoff's going to be smooth. We may hit a, bu a few bumpy patches in the air as I'm confronting your ignorance, but the landing is going to be great. <laughs> and we're going to get to our destination. So if you stick with me today, we're going to go somewhere. Everybody with me? All right. I want you to just um, stay seated, and I'm going to pray. But I want you to begin to position your hearts to receive truth this morning, okay? Because the Bible says that if we receive the word with meekness, then it has power to transform us. 
and I want to leave this place transformed. I don't know about you, but I want to leave this place transformed. The powerful thing about when you're delivering the word of God is it comes out of you and then it comes back at you. So I'm looking for double transformation. Okay, that's my joke. I'll sit with it. All right. However you want to receive, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to stand, whatever you want to do, you get in a position where you can receive truth this morning. Father God, I thank you for your life and I thank you for your word. And I thank you that your word tells us that your, wa your word washes us like water, that it purifies, that it brings new life and it regenerates. I thank you that your, wa your word brings us hope and life. It illuminates us and it brings us into new places. Thank you that your word transforms us by the renewing of our minds, that you never ever accommodate our ignorance, but you always confront our ignorance with truth because it is your desire that we grow that we do not stay where we are, but that you shift us from where we are to where you want us to be. I thank you, Lord, that we're a people who have ears to hear what your spirit is saying, a heart to receive what your word is saying, and a will to obey you. We give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so just to get us all on the same page, and my husband said, remember to point at the, the doodad. There you go. Okay, so how to receive the word of God. And I want to remind us of some of the, the, the big truths that we kind of locked into last week. And, it, and then here it says, and Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will make you free. And so one of the, th one of the things I said, it's an interesting that we come to church every single Sunday and we hear truth and sometimes we, we, we don't change. We stay with the shame and the guilt and the condemnation and the sense of failure and we don't change. So something's not working. The, 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 the problem is not with the, the, the word, the power is with me, okay? So we had a, my husband had this extension cord thing that plugs into my phone that that charges my phone, and my phone wasn't charging. And so when on close expen inspection, we looked at the cord, and we saw that the cord was frayed, so it was not allowing the power to come into the phone. So we know that in this house, there's power boxes everywhere, and it's working because there's lights up all around us. Uh, but if I take the extension cord of my life, and if it's frayed, and I plug it into that power source, then no power is going to flow into me right? And so that's why we go back and we check the areas of our lives that are frayed, that are not allowing the power source to come into us. Excuse me. I was having a good laugh this morning <coughs> as I was getting ready because my ears are plugged and my voice is going. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? But the good news is I've already heard what God wants us to, to, to think, so I don't have to worry about that. And I'm stubborn enough that I'm going to power through this if you can just kind of dial into the right frequency in between my croakiness here, okay? So, so I'm about getting the frayed parts of your life back on track so that you can hear God 
and that power and life can flow into you, okay? Oops, there we go, here. We talked about how man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. We talked about the rhema word, that means the now word. You can read the Bible for 20 years and the Bible can say one thing to you, but today I'm in need. And if you press into God, there's a now word for you, a rhema word, a word that is ready to renew you and refresh you and transform you and bring you life. And that's why it's important for you to plug into the word of God. And that's why the enemy resists you about plugging into the word of God. That's why he doesn't want you reading the word because the Bible says that the word is bread, it's food, it nourishes us, it teaches us how to be, how to live, how to exude the life of Jesus Christ, okay? And so identity comes through knowing who we are in God and knowing who we are in God comes through the word. I saw a, a sign on Facebook, and there was a sign that says, God hates fags. I cannot tell you how grieved I was in my heart about that. Because that tells me that that's a Christian who doesn't know Jesus. And whatever the word they're reading is not the word of God I read. Because my job, if people are confused or people are hurting, my job is to love them out of their confusion not to condemn them to death. That's religion, church, and religion kills and it alienates people from God and truth. And our job is to be reconcilers. The Bible says we we're ministers of reconciliation. And if you don't know truth, then you're going to go and repeat, God hates fags because you heard it somewhere in church. Your job is to be responsible to know the truth because when you know the truth and the truth sets you free, then you carry freedom in you. And wherever you go, you take freedom with you. And where there's bondage, freedom goes with you. Where there's darkness, light goes with you. When there's no saltiness, salt goes with you. And you bring hope and you bring joy and you bring transformation wherever you go. But if you don't know who you are and you're bound up in ignorance, then you take ignorance and deception wherever you go and you enforce religion. And that's the worst thing we can do as the children of God. I want to bring hope. I want to walk into a room and when I leave that room, people are going to say, oh, what just happened? What was that? What was that fragrance? That's why it's important that you know how to receive the word of God. That's why it's important that you know the word of God. You can repeat a bunch of ignorance or you can tap into truth. You can fellowship with truth because the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the truth, the life and the way. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And so you tap into truth. You have fellowship with truth. And you take truth with you wherever you go. Man, that's so powerful. That's a powerful way to live. That's, that's how God wants us to live. So we need the now word. We need the rhema word of how we live out our everyday lives. Okay, you want to move along with me there? Thanks. You can move to the next one. Okay, we talked about how we get information. 
So we can read, we get information, we can go to the next one. Then that gets illumination. We did this last week, I'm just doing a quick recap. And then what, what church, what comes after illumination? Revelation, yes. And we're suddenly like, aha, wow, I've never heard something like that before. And this, there's a resonation deep within you, right? You're like, wow, that's life. And your spirit knows truth. So your spirit goes, wow, that's life. Then the next one, then it's like, wow, I want to take this life. I don't want to repeat God hates fags. I want to love. So I take this and I begin to implement it in my life and I begin to love, right? And then go ahead. And then the next thing is I become love. It's an integration. It's a part of my life. I become love. And the Bible says that God is love, right? And so I, everywhere I go, I'm integrated with the presence of God. I'm integrated with the nature of God. I'm integrated with the truth of God. It's like the tea bag. You put it in the hot water, then you can't tell what's water anymore and what's tea anymore, right? That's the, the principle of integration. I become integrated with the things of God. So that's now, we'll bring us back on to the same page for those of us who weren't here last week. And so back to my key verse. <coughs> so get rid of uncleanness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in humble, gentle, model spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted. Everybody say implanted and rooted. In your hearts contains the power to save your souls. So that's the key. Implanted and rooted. If you take a tea bag and you skim it over hot water, you're going to have tea. You're going to have the scent of tea, the scent of truth. But if you stick the tea bag in the water, then it begins to permeate, okay? So received and implanted. And I was thinking, wow. I was thinking about Mary as I was getting ready. Do you remember when the angel came to her and said, Mary, you're going to receive a seed and you're going to bring forth the Messiah. And she goes, how could it be? Because I've not known a man. See, when God speaks to you an impossible word, reason will tell you how can this be. We have not called to be people who reason with us when God speaks to us. Oh, wow. What a thought. When God speaks to you, your response is to receive and obey. Huh? And Mary is like reasoning. How could this be? Actually, the meaning of Mary in the Hebrew is Mara, and it actually means bitterness. So the fact that God would choose to impregnate Mary with see with the seed of life to bring forth the Messiah was a double redemption. It was redeeming Mary out of her corrupt DNA, and he was allowing her to carry the son of God. And that's the miraculous thing about God, how he loves us, where we are, how he's not put up with our weaknesses. He doesn't care if you're a willing vessel he wants to be in you, and he wants you to live in him and move in him and show forth his glory in the earth, right? 
And so, and then the angel says, Mary, you are highly favored of the Lord. Back to the scripture that the Lord gave us at the beginning of the year, that the favor of God, we need to desire the favor of the Lord. And so Mary, wow, I'm highly favored. There's an extraordinary grace on me to do this. So she says, be it unto me according to your word. Wow. And, I, and you know how I, I visualize things? And I'm thinking, can you imagine the seed of heaven is coming to impregnate Mary? And she's going to carry the Messiah. And I'm thinking, wow, she has to have been poised, full strength, because I see the bolt just kind of wound up and sucked into her uterus. That's just how I visualize it, for whatever reason. But think about it. Like, think about it. The power of heaven, the God of the universe, is going to be living in there. I don't think it was anything less dramatic than that. <laughs> and so... And so I think that's how we need to be when God is getting ready to bring us a word, right? That we need to be poised and ready. And we need to say, okay, wind it up, God. Just give it to me full strength. Don't water this thing down because the Bible says that if it's implanted in me and rooted in me, then it has the power to transform me. Wow, what took Mary from being this bitter, bitter girl? to being the mother of the Messiah is the fact that she said, be it unto me according to your word. So when God's word comes to us, whether it's through encouragement or correction or rebuke or reproof, the Bible says all of that is meant to profit us, that we don't run at a loss, that we become everything we need to be. Man, that's exciting stuff, church. All right, moving right along. Um, can we go back one more? Let's go back one. So what interferes with reception? What interferes with our ability to receive? And the parable of the sower and the reaper, Matthew 13, shows us the condition of the soil, means the condition of my heart, determines how the seed is to be received. Hard soil depicts the closed mind. Like that prideful closed mind that says, you can't teach me anything new. Seriously? You know how long I've been a Christian? Yeah, and your face shows it. <laughs> Shallow soil is a superficial mind. That superficial mind will be here if we do a Mexican wave. They'll do a Mexican wave. They'll jump. They'll holler. They'll say, hey, man, hallelujah. But the soil is so shallow that they cannot incubate and hold the seed. Matthew says that they receive the word immediately with joy. But when hardship comes, they don't have the root. They don't stay. They don't let the word stay implanted in them. And they say, oh, if God loves me then, then he wouldn't have. Huh. How about if God loves you and that's why, you, that's why you're going through it? See, the three Hebrew boys were in the fire. 
They loved God. The Bible says their character was above reproach. They didn't even eat the diet of the land. They ate a, a, a very, very clean diet. They honored God in every way. And they find themselves in the fiery furnace. Doing everything right. But this is what they say. And even if our God delivers us, still we will not bend and we will not bow. See, that's one of the principles I live my life by. Seriously. That's why when the enemy hit me with this cold on Tuesday, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Cool. I'll be up. Even if I'm croaking, I'll be preaching. Because I'm going to get this word out. See, even if my God doesn't deliver me, still, I will not bend and I will not bow because there's something I know. That the next morning, the king comes to the Hebrew boys and he says, Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he says, is that God still delivered you, that God that you serve? He said, don't worry, O king. Our God has delivered us. Our God has delivered us. See, God allows things to happen for your glory to be shown. Not for me to think, oh my God, what have I done wrong? When you know who you are, you, fight, you face whatever comes your way in the kingdom with a strength and a fortitude and a character that is unshakable, right? That's unshakable. Okay, soil with weeds. This is a distracted mind. So you're sitting here and you're thinking, I can be playing in Nintendo, I should be checking my Facebook, or I haven't forgotten to pay my, my Fortis bill, or, oh my gosh, there's so much to do on my desk. See, that's how the enemy distracts us from receiving the word of God full strength. It is your job to make sure that those distractions are held at bay. How many of you are on the phone and you say to your children, you know what, I'm on the phone right now and you're not allowed to disturb me? Have you done that in your home? Oh, I told you that I'm going to go read for 20 minutes and you're not allowed to knock on my door. How many of you have done that in your home before? Okay. So why is it when you're in here, you don't set boundaries in the spirit for the enemy? How is it you don't say to him, you know what? I'm getting my fuel loaded in me. I'm getting wise, so now I, I know how can I can live an effective Christian life. So you're not allowed to distract me. So I refuse to be distracted. Okay? So that's how you deal with that. You get yourself to this place, the fertile soil, which is receptive, prepared, and conditioned soil. Okay. How to receive God's word? First of all, you've got to cast off what you know for what he has. Because what you know will always oppose God. What you know will always oppose God. Amen. Okay. Have an open heart and mind. Be receptive. Be positioned in meekness. Be humble. Be childlike. You know, God would rather have a young man be open and honest here than us sitting, us sitting in our Sunday piety thinking, well, yeah, I've heard that for the last 20 years. Seriously, God is more drawn to this type of honesty that we saw here this morning than to our religious pride, okay? 
So be childlike, be teachable. God, there's nothing. I am learning. I have such a heart of curiosity. There's nothing that you know that you will not need to know before you die. You're always going to be learning. So be teaching, teachable and have a willingness to change. If you don't have a willingness to change, why do you come? Why do you come? Just ask yourself that question. I won't ask you to raise your hands and give me answers. Just, just be reflective. Be aware of how the enemy comes in and he prevents us from being effective in hearing and receiving God's word so that we can become effective children of God. Okay, next one. So four components to receiving God's words. It's be careful and intentional. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Wow, you have to be careful and you have to be intentional. Now, when I was growing up, we were taught to always wear our Sunday best when we go to church. We were taught when we go to funeral, when we go to weddings, we just say, you know, always dress your best, always present well, right? And over the years, we saw how, and, and maybe you all grew up like that too, and all over the years, we saw this casualness come into how we present ourselves in different arenas. Just a casualness. I'm, a, I'm okay with casual, seriously. Although my daughters tease me and they say, Mom, even when, when you wear jeans, you dress up. And I, it's just who I am, okay? There's, there's something different, though, between being casual and being careless. And you can come into God's house and you can be careless with truth. You can be careless with truth, church. And if you're going to be careless with truth, you're going to miss the opportunity in the power of that truth that you're hearing in that moment. I just said something really cool. I'll say it again. If you're going to be careless with the truth, you're going to miss the power in the I and the opportunity and the power in that truth that you're hearing in that minute. That means you've got to grab it. That's why last week I said, if you have to shake your hand or stand up and say amen, do it because it tells your brain that you're shifting and you're hearing something different. If you receive the same way you always receive and go, ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> that's nice. I'm Canadian and I'm not going to get excited. Oh, hogwash. Seriously, I've seen you at your hockey games and at your... I've seen you. Canadians are proper when they want to be. This is not a place to be proper. This is a place to get down and get dirty. This is if you want truth, you're going to reach for it and you're going to grab it because it has power to transform you. Chances are, if you're going to be pretty, you're going to miss it. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> be calm. Right? Increase rep uh, uh, increases <laughs> that thing and improves clarity. <laughs> be clean. 
Because the Bible says, who ascends to the hill of the Lord, but he who has clean hands and a pure heart. If you're clean, you're able to receive God's word, right? And sometimes you're in here and you get clean by God's word. That's okay too. But I'm saying, make sure that judgment and bitterness and, and unforgiveness are being dealt with on a regular basis so that when you hear God's word, it has the power to implant in your life and take you to a deeper and higher place, okay? Be compliant. Now, gosh, people think that Christians who obey and submit are lukewarm and they use Christianity as a crutch, but I tell you what, it takes strong people to submit. And you all know that I'm a strong woman and I submit to my husband. It takes strong people to submit. And submit is not a dirty word. Okay. I may have to come back and do another teaching on that. <laughs> it's God's way. It's God's way of bringing order and life and structure and productivity. Okay? All right, next slide. <coughs> so listen to this. Hearing, it says, oh, something happened there. If you're not hearing impaired, hearing simply happens. Listening, however, is something you consciously choose to do. Listening requires concentration so that your brain processes meanings from meaning from words and sentences. Listening leads to learning. Now, do you wonder why God says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying? How many times through the word of God does it say that? Isn't it? Lots and lots and lots. He has an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. It's because listening leads to learning. It leads to transformation. Teachers know that if, te if students are listening, they're learning. If they're distracted and talking to each other, nobody is learning, right? So according to the University of Minnesota Duluth, most people tend to be hard of listening rather than hard of hearing. Okay, next slide. Proverbs 4 says, But the good man walks along in the ever-brightening light of God's favor. The dawn gives way to morning splendor, while the evil man gropes and stumbles in the darkness. Now, other translation says that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter, right? So that means that this progressive truth this progressive truth, wow, truth comes to me. And I think, wow, it's one-dimensional. Next day, it's brighter. Next day, it's brighter. Next day, it's brighter. And it becomes more powerfully activated in you, okay? While, while the evil man gropes and stumbles in the darkness. So people who don't take truth and walk in it incrementally, every day, their path doesn't get brighter and brighter. They end up stumbling around thinking, why am I in the same place? I go to church every Sunday for the last five years and I'm in the same place. Well, let's go expect the chord of your life and look at the frayed edge about are you incrementally implementing the truth of God every single day in your life that your path is getting brighter and brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. 
Listen, son of mine. Here's that word again to what I have to say. Listen carefully. That means do not be careless. Tell your neighbor, don't be careless. When God speaks, don't be careless. Listen, listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. Wow, that's a promise. That's a promise to you. If you let the word penetrate you, it will mean real life to you. Radiant health, not just health. Radiant health. Come on. Not just one dimension of health. That means every part of your life is going to experience this infusion of life and resurrection force and grace and mercy and love and all of the things that, that pertain to godliness. Right? Carry on. But the good man walks along. Oh, next one. Okay, so. Okay, reception determines transformational power. How you receive the word determines how you're going to be transformed. It's going to determine how fruitful you are. If you're not being fruitful in your Christian walk, something's wrong, church. Because the Bible says that we are to bear forth fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, patience, gentleness, meekness, long-suffering, patience, endurance. What else did I miss out? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That means every day I'm, I'm employing truth and I'm becoming, my fruit is becoming increased, right? And so if that's not happening in us, if, if, the, if the world is not seeing fruit, that's why they don't want to come to us. Have you ever seen a peach tree that has these amazing, beautiful, fragrant peaches on them and you're not drawn to it? You're drawn to it. You're drawn to things that are bearing fruit, that are have life. And people are drawn to our lives when we're bearing fruit individually, corporately as a church people are going to be drawn to us okay and then we grow in wisdom and understanding wow wisdom and understanding that's one thing I love I covet that God I want wisdom and I want understanding I want wisdom and understanding and you know what you know what's the key to wisdom and understanding the fear of the Lord Bible says the fear of the Lord is the is the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just your introduction to wisdom <laughs> when you start fearing him, when you start loving him. Whoa, watch out that he gives it to you without measure. Without measure. That means as Christians, we can come to a point in our lives where we can actually live where we're not grasping we're not grasping like, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know what to do in this situation. We should never live grasping like that because the wisdom of the Lord resides inside of us and we know what to do. The Bible says he makes great grace available to us for every good work. Next scripture. So it says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, 
Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, you will seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Next slide, please. So the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. See, there's a storage, there's a reservoir of grace and wisdom waiting for you. It's reserved for you, right? You've got to tap into it. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and pre preserves the way of his saints. Next slide. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. Now church, I can tell you this. When you've learned the principle of receiving God's word and when you've developed a love for the truth, regardless of how uncomfortable it is, there's a principle of God's word that talks to us about how this type of discretionary living is going to preserve us and keep us. Yeah? This is going to keep us. You, you deve develop, I mean, I, I, I don't hate broccoli, but there was a time when I hated broccoli. Now I just can't eat it. But, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know, it's good for you. You don't like it, but it's good for you. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Don't like it, but you know what? It's good for you. There's nutritional value in that, right? And sometimes you just need to, to, to look beyond what you're seeing and feeling and lock into the life behind it, right? And it's going to preserve you and it's going to keep you, okay? Next, next slide, please. Oh, I killed my entrance picture. <laughs> so James says, so back to the scripture now. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Okay, we touched on this last week. Who do we deceive? When we don't follow through with God's instruction to us, we don't deceive anyone else but ourselves, right? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so you can go to the next slide now. So can you see that? I see something. I go to the mirror. I see, oh, I have a pimple on my face. Then I walk away, and I think, oh, life's grand, and I'm pretending, and everybody can see this big pussy pimple on my face, and I've forgotten what I've seen in the mirror. Okay? But really, in, in truth, that's what, uh, what happens when we go to the Word of God, and God speaks truth to us about change. And you forget what he tells you and you go to the world and you're acting like everything's cool. And they go, hey, you know what? I see that judgment on you. Not so cool. 
I see that I see that resentment in you and bitterness in you. Not so cool. Like, don't tell me God loves me when you're judging me because I've got tattoos on. Like, not so cool. <laughs> I'm pouring my heart out to you, and I'm telling you that I have was raped and I had an abortion, and you you're busy trying to tell me how abortion's not good, and it's it's a sin against God. Like, not cool. Don't forget what you see in the mirror. Don't forget what God's forgiven you for. Don't immediately forget the grace that was extended to you. And then you go out and you want to hold everybody hostage to the law. Oh, church. This is going to shift you to make you more effective people in the earth. You can resist this and think Abby's preaching all grace. I'm not. To who much is given, much is required. Much is required of you because you're sitting here. Next scripture, please. God's word is the perfect law of liberty. We are not enslaved to the bondage of legalism, but we are freed to respond to his instruction by an inward compulsion. Now think about that. We're not freed to... Oh my gosh, I didn't stand at the right time. I didn't sit at the right time. Oh my gosh, I'm wearing pants and I should be wearing a skirt. When I grew up in, my, in the church, we used to wear those head coverings that we had to wear. I wasn't allowed to wear pants. I think I only started wearing pants when I got married. I grew up on, on legalism. Everything was external. didn't matter that you hated people in your heart and that you lived with anger and you beat your wife up. That didn't matter. But if you showed up to church dressed up all right, got your headgear on, got your religious face on, that you were a good Christian. I'm calling BS. Now we live out of relationship and we think, God, wow, sin alienated me from you. And everything you wanted to do for me, you did it in Jesus. And then you gave Jesus to me. And everything you desired to do for me is in me through Jesus when I accept him. Wow. Wow. What a plan of reconciliation. And now because he loved me so much, I live under this compulsion every day to love him back to love him more to please him more to serve him more not because I have to not because this church tells me that I must but because I love God and I have a revelation of his grace and his word is growing in me and it's incubating life in me and it's shifting me and it's changing my mindset and it's causing me, it's screwing with my mind. But God does that, church. He bypasses your mind to get to your heart because he's a spirit. He's not going to reason with your head to bring truth to you. He's going to get truth in your heart and then your heart is going to rise up and say to your mind, shut up and obey. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> Especially with people like me who like to think and process and analyze and research. 
And then God humbles us by getting in our heart. And his truth is so deep in there that I can't wiggle free from it. And then I just have to submit. And I have to surrender. And I have to let that beauty of that word transform me and bring forth life. Good stuff, huh? Next one, please. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. You must believe that he rewards you when you diligently seek him. And that, yeah. So, if you don't believe that, you're going to be half-hearted in the way you receive his word and the way you receive his, uh, and the way you serve him and obey that word. Right? You must believe. Next one. So what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister without clothes and daily food is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but nothing about their physical need, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? It's the same way. Faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Okay? If a man comes to you and he's cold, and you say, oh, bless you, be on your way. No, our instinct is to go and get him a coat. One of our 20 that we have in our closets, right? And give him a coat that he can walk away with. It's the same thing with God's word. When he gives us an instruction, there has to be reciprocal behavior on our, our part. That means we have to begin to do. If God says love, then I go love. And, God and you know what God does? He doesn't just say God says, he doesn't just say go love. He says go love the unlovely. Oh, I love that. He just challenges us all the time to be our best selves, doesn't he? Don't just love the people that are easy to love. Love those who are hard to love. God says, give. I don't question. Like Terry and I will say, if God tells us to give, we go, uh, I'm thinking 20, I'm thinking 50. We're like, okay, we go with the 50. Always. Because I can guarantee you this, the enemy is not going to want you to give more to God's work. So the big number always trumps the lower number. You know, common sense, deductive reasoning. Faith without works is dead. So you've heard about how to receive God's word, and if you don't position yourself now with this truth, if you don't want to start assimilating it into the way you receive God's word, then the Bible says even what you had will be taken. Eesh. That's tough calls here. Next slide, please. So faith without works leads to dead ends, unfruitfulness, decreased faith, and resentment towards God and others. Right? So how many of us sitting in this room can hear the same word? There'll be a percentage that will go home and they're so excited they pumped. Some, some others will say, you know what? Yeah, I heard that. I tried that. Didn't work been around some people like that I did that before didn't work so you got to mix your your workings with faith 
can't just do works by itself. You've got to attach the faith to your works. Right? And then the next slide. So faith with works produces life, fruitfulness, productivity, increased faith, and peace. How many of you want to live like that? <laughs> All right? So your job from now on, any, any, any truth you hear, you've got to position yourself in a way that you're actually going to start implementing it so that it becomes integrated in your life, that it can change you, that it can bring fruitfulness into your life, and that it can cause you to continue to evolve and get brighter and brighter and brighter and fuller and fuller and fuller of the truth of God's word. Stand with me this morning. <coughs> As I was getting ready for um, today, it's really interesting how my voice is coming back quite nicely. Because we got some work to do this morning. We got some kingdom business to do. How many of you are ready to transact some kingdom business? Now, if you have to go, I'm going to release you to go. But there's a couple of things that the Lord wanted me to do this morning. I feel like I need to address the spirit of shame that, ha uh, that hangs over people. There's just, there was just this shame. And God says out of Isaiah 61 that he's going to give you double honor this morning. How many of you want double honor? Shame, double honor, I'll take double honor. Double all it seems, Alex. <laughs> you know, so, <coughs> so God wants to uh, uh, take care of that. But before I do, I want to I want to s uh, speak a word over this body that I believe the Lord gave it to me for you, for us, uh, at the beginning of this year, and it's uh, out of Isaiah 60. Okay, I'm going to speak that over you. And if you have to go, then go. But I want to be able to just linger and press through with a couple of people that want to just that just feel like today is my day. Like I was driving to church and I felt like today is my day. Um, before, I, before I continue, I just caught Crystal out of the corner of my eye there. Remember last week we said, believe in the prophets and you will be established and you will succeed. So remember how I talked about uh, us ta attaching our faith to the word that God gave Pastor Jesse at the beginning of the year about desiring the favor of God, right? So, so Crystal goes off for an interview this week and she was the least likely candidate she didn't have the qualifications to get this this job but she went anyway she asked God to pray she held on to uh, the word she asked people to pray and she held on to the word she was not the senior person right by any means and in competition with eight people six six people guess what she got the job, right? So this is what happens when we tap in, like you receive the word, you hold on to it, you hang on to it by faith, and you just keep. It's like I say to Deanna all the time, have you ever heard of the story about the ant on the elephant's back? And they cross the bridge, and they, they get off on the other side, and the ant says to the elephant, didn't we rock that bridge? That's how I feel like when I'm on God's back. We're like, don't we rock that interview? <laughs> Guys, this is so much fun. Church and kingdom living is so much fun. Religion has suffocated the joy out of it and has made it a life of do's and don'ts. I'm hoping that this morning that you're catching that. 
that, that, that inward compulsion to just love him and obey him. Because this comes out of that place of love and surrender, not because you have to and by the law, right? It's a different way to live. All right. So you ready? You're re ready to receive this word? Okay. Okay, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has arisen over you. And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen over you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Amen? God is calling us to stand in the authority who he has called us to be. We're a junction church. Junction by just the name of it. We meet people at the crossroads of their lives. Right? We're going to rise and we're going to shine. We're going to know who we are. We're people of hope. We're people of purpose. We're people of destiny. We're people of answers. We're people with wisdom because we know how to receive the word of God. We're the people that says shame and guilt and condemnation does not attach to us, doesn't match our new DNA. And so we're going to resist it. We're wise people. We know how to fight with wisdom, right? We're not going to be bogged down. We're not going to be entertaining the lies of the enemy. We're going to rise, and we're going to shine, and we're going to display the goodness of God in the land of the living, right? Can we get some worship going on in the background, please? And I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just bless you for who you are. We thank you for your life and your truth. I ask Holy Spirit if there's, no, if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus, that doesn't understand the love of this wonderful, amazing God. Father, where religion has left a sourness behind in them, I pray this morning that the life of truth will rise up and they will begin to taste their freedom They'll begin to desire their freedom. They'll begin to desire this hope that is not a manly hope, but it's a God hope. That this truth, Lord, will come and snuff out every deception and every lie about your plans for their life. Lord God, that they will suddenly see that there's hope and there's life and there's peace. And with your eyes closed and heads bowed, if, are there people here who doesn't know Jesus and they say, I, I want to accept Jesus today. I want to accept this Jesus that you're talking about, Abby. Not, I don't want to get saved into a church. I want to I get to know Jesus. You, if that's you, put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want all of us to pray this together, right? We're going to just pray together with them. Say, Father God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, to bring me out of death into life, to bring me out of depression into hope, from bringing me out to bring me out of chaos into truth and life. I receive you now. I in invite you full strength into my life. Change me. Transform me. 
Wash me, cleanse me, renew me, turn me upside down, and set me on solid ground. I thank you for this. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo. Now, if you did that this morning, it's very important that you talk to someone and attach yourself to someone who can help you walk and become strong in Jesus. I'll be willing to talk to you. I'll be up here if you want to talk to me after. But that's good, okay? And then how many of you felt like your whole life you've been under this blanket of shame? Like wherever you go, it's like this black cloud that just hangs over you. Just It just hangs over you. No, um, do you feel like you have the courage to come up here so we can pray with you? I can pray with you where you are, but yeah. Deanna and, and just come on and just support me here. Pastor Jesse. Can we do this, church? Isn't it important that we have people free in our body, right? Before we bring in the harvest, we need to be taking care of our own, right? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that he who puts their trust in God will not be put to shame. So your job is to put your trust in God, and he's going to take care of the shame piece. Okay? Shame is not part of your identity. It's a lie from the enemy. It's to keep you bound and keep you limited. Okay? So if somebody, if, if I can have one strong Christian attach yourself to each person here, I'm going to pray a prayer, and then we can just see for br a release and breakthrough. Okay, thank you. Just support them that they not feel. Come up here, Veronica. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just bless you. I thank you that you're so invested in us that you will not allow the enemy to keep us restricted. You know, I'll allow him to li let us live in a way where we have no oxygen feeding us. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke of shame. And I speak freedom and release now over every mind, every mind, body, and emotions in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, instead of shame, there will be double honor. Double honor. Father, that people will rise up and begin to honor them. In Jesus' name. Children, husbands, spouses, wherever the shame has come from, Lord God, that there will be double honor. In Jesus' name. Freedom now. In Jesus' name. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will just come and rest strong on them and begin to fill them with life. 
Lord, where the shame used to live is now filled with the spirit of truth. That the spirit of truth comes in. And every time the lie wants to rise up, that the truth will become that antivirus that will say, no, you're not welcome here. Shame, you're not welcome here. Your time is done. Your days are over in my light. I'm going to grow and flourish and become all that I'm meant to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow, what a courageous bunch of people. Yeah. Awesome. If you felt things shift and break in you, it's important you tell someone. You know why? Because the Bible says that we overcome by the word of our mouth and by our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony. So make your, sh your testimony short. Tell someone quickly. Something shifted in me today. There's no shame on me. My oldest daughter sent me a message by Skype, and she said, Mom, I cannot tell you how important it was for us to grow up in our home hearing that I'm a daughter of a king. She says, when I'm with my friends and I see them so lost and not knowing who they are, they don't know who they are, they don't know their value as women. She says, I cannot tell you the value of growing up in our home and being told that we were daughters of the king. That's how important truth is. That when they go away to college, suddenly they start realizing, wow, there's value in this. I'm going to pray for marriages. And the room goes quiet. <laughs> I believe there's an attack on marriages for two reasons. The Bible says that marriage is to model how Christ died for the church. It says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. Wow, what a sacrificial way to live. But the joy of that is, think about it, church, how we rise up and love God for that. And wives rise up and love their husbands for that. And the enemy has come in and brought in corruption and chaos into those places. And I want to, this is just, this is just a quick blitz. This is me dropping a grenade in the enemy's camp this morning. And we're going to be doing some work to reinforce these areas of our lives, right? But if you have the courage to do that this morning and you, you're a couple that says, I need God, I want you to come up front. See, the enemy can mess up a couple of uh, husband and wife, he's got your family. Church, I'm telling you now. If the, the enemy can rip apart a, a, a couple, then the destiny of a family hangs in the balance. Not just the couple, it's the children's lives and the, your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God thinks generationally. So when we secure marriages, and I'm speaking as someone who was once divorced, and I know how God hates divorce for this reason. 
because he interrupts, the enemy interrupts God's plan for destiny. And so the damage I'm going to reclaim now is areas in my life where the enemy stole. And so this was my deal with him. You've taken that from me, I'm coming back to take more. I don't sit, I, I never sit and sulk. And I never sit and have a pity party. I always say, okay, you dared to come into my life, so watch me come after you. Right? So I'm fighting for your marriages because I know what God is capable of doing. Okay? So you lock in now, you load, you get your hands ready, you receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you. We worship you, Father. Father, I thank you that you are the God of the impossible, that nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing. Your word tells us that you give us beautiful ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. I don't care how long resentment has lingered. I don't care how dead things have been. I don't care how many misunderstandings are under the bridge. I don't care how much of shame and accusation has existed in the covenants that are represented here this morning. I know who you are. I know who you are, and your word tells us that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you change not. That you are the God of more than enough. That you are not calling us to just even be settled with a happy marriage. That you want us to be a have a marriage that's fully functional, full of the joy of the Lord, full of life, pouring out into others, bringing hope and joy wherever we go. Lord, that's the type of couples you want to see in your kingdom. People that live out of the overflow of your grace in their lives. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I stand in the finished work of the cross. And I break every assignment against every marriage that's represented in this house. And particularly for this group here right now. I thank you for the power of agreement that you intended. That when two walk together and agree, anything they decree shall be done, Lord God. I pray for the power of agreement to come into these marriages. I ask now, Father, by the anointing and by the Spirit of God, that every resistance to your work of grace in their lives is broken. And I release them, Lord, to shift and change and evolve and become the men and women that you desire them to be. I release this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to bless you and release you, and I'm going to get another drink of water, and I'll be up front, and we're going to get some worship going. Thank you for allowing me to speak into your life. Thank you for allowing me to be obedient. As I told you last Sunday, I carry this very, very, I, I walk in the fear of God in this. And that's why when I'm bold, you guys think, whoa, she's bold, she's from Africa. No. <laughs> you know what? I fear God more than I fear you. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line is I fear God more than I fear you, and I love you enough to tell you the truth. Right? So, Father, I bless your people. I thank you that they'll be blessed going out and blessed coming in. I thank you that they'll uh, lay down in peace and rise up in peace, and great will be their strength. In Jesus' name, amen.